what we want to do is pay attention to when the Bible moves fast and when it slows down, especially in the Old Testament. We have thousands of years covered in these genealogies, but we gloss over them and then we'll stop on somebody like Abraham. And then we will stop on Noah and then we just go genealogy, genealogy. And that's hundreds, thousands of years. And then God says, slow down. Let me tell you about Abraham. Slow down. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about Noah. Slow down. Let me tell you a lot about Joseph. God wants us to pay attention there. He's using that as object lessons. He's using these people to teach us something. Why? Because there's something in there for me to learn and understand about God. Because the Bible is a history book, but it's not written to report history. Hi there, and thanks again for joining us on Study with Friends. We're currently doing a multi-series study on the covenants of land, descendants, and special relationship through the Old Testament. We are currently in the middle of our final series focusing on these themes through the latter prophets. If you would like to re-listen to this episode or would like to hear any of our previous series, you can find them on our website, studywithfriends.org. Just search Old Testament. We're available to listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and now you can catch us on YouTube. Now let's begin. Oh, I wanted to give you something um, to help you. So I love this. It's a little chart. And I don't know. A visual aid. Thank yeah, God. it's really helpful. <laughs> I needed it because, so bad. Because what happens is it helps you to see. In like seventh grade. I, we keep, drew it I have out. a lot of them. Oh, it unfolds. Yeah. And it fits in your Bible. I mean, I wish I were making money off this, but I'm not. But you can just Google you made it. This? I, no, I didn't make uh, it. I'm saying like we're basically plugging sponsored it. By. <laughs> sponsored by. Yeah, sponsored by. Um, I don't even know. But this is a really good one. Wow. So I'm going to tell you it's uh, Rose Publishing. And <laughs> the website is Henry Rose. HendricksonRose.com, and I think it's called Bible Timeline. And so wh- what, what's helpful to me about this is if you look, so we get on the other side of um, Genesis and Job is the, um, oh, the kings all- and the prophets. So if you look, yeah, you're on the wrong side. G, you want to flip it over into the period where we are talking about right now. You can see that the um, kings and the prophets overlap. Yeah. And the purpose of the prophet um, was to be a messenger, sort of a partner to the oh king. My- they got mm. world history down here too. I know. I love this thing. I love Jenna this loves because it really <laughs> helps. Well, it was in like it helps you to give relevance yeah. to like the, the things that were happening in the Bible weren't the only things that were happening yeah, in the world. Exactly. And um and it helps you a little bit. Okay, so I just wanted you guys to have those. You can keep nice. looking at them. You might want to keep them out. So I want to talk about major and minor prophets. But first, I want to talk about former and latter prophets. So I mentioned in the homework, can anybody um, articulate what the difference is between the former and the latter prophets? Do you know what it is? Nope, I got it wrong. Okay, (laughs) so the former prophets are before the exile, and the latter prophets are Mm -hmm. after the exile. I overthought that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, was so, like, okay. I know it's like one of those things where you're like oh before former and after so that's a quick marker former and latter um, so former prophets are again Joshua judges Samuel and Kings and what happened there is they entered the promised land they live in the promised land and at the end of the book of Kings they get ejected out of the promised land so that's we call, sometimes we also call that pre-exilic um, and so the former prophets are before that happens the latter prophets are after that happens. Um, okay, now within the latter prophets, because there's a whole bunch of them, are the major and minor prophets. So the major prophets, 
and this is all in your homework. So go, go, it's written out. I hopefully will make it look really pretty by the time anybody goes to download it. Right now it's just on plain paper. I did my best. Um, the major, but this is really easy. The major prophets are Isaiah, and this is your homework, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Christians uh, would include Daniel in that. But in the Hebrew canon, it's just Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. So those are the major prophets. And then the minor prophets are all the other ones. So Jonah, Amos, uh, Hosea, Micah, Nahum, Zephaniah, uh, you know, all those little guys, Habakkuk. Um, and the reason that they're called major and minor is not because they had more or less important things to say. It's actually just about the volumes um, of words that they produced or that, that were captured on their behalf. Um, actually, the, the 12 minor prophets used to be on one scroll and they called it the book of the 12, which is why some people say Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the 12. Um, it's, they're not dismissing those guys because there's so much in there, but they're just little tiny books. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, scrolls were um, expensive to create and maintain. So they were all on one scroll. Okay, so major prophets and minor prophets, former and latter. I just want you guys to have that vernacular, not because I care, but, you know, just so that if you hear it thrown about in sermons or even as you're reading it, you understand, oh, this is part of the former prophets and you remember where that is on sort of the timeline. Okay, so if, if Samuel happened before the exile, that helps me understand the context of what's happening with Israel at that time. Okay, do we have some some feeling of like, I understand the... Why well, wasn't you. Daniel included in the Hebrew? I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, what... I don't know. I feel like he's long enough to I don't know. It, he is, I think... Was he a prophet? Yeah. Was he just a cool dude? No, Daniel was a prophet. Both. In fact, a whole huge section of his uh, book is um, end times prophecy. Hmm. And mm. so well, he was okay. a prophet. So, but, but here's another thing you have to understand. Moses was also a prophet. Moses right. was a prophet. A prophet is just anyone who prophesies. A prophet is anyone who delivers messages from God. So okay. the purpose of the prophet, and let's talk about that. But like, I feel like prophet has other like requirements almost like, cause there was only one prophet at a time, right? Nope. No, you didn't do your homework. I did do my homework. <laughs> I did it an hour ago. You were there. And actually, Why are we no. the same person? Cause I did. <laughs> so no there were actually and what we'll see is during the time of the latter prophets there was a lot more noise from from prophets there were a lot okay. more of them Isn't and we're going to talk about why i don't want to like spoil spoiler anything. alert go ahead spoiler well, alert. We can joke around. a while ago so <laughs> i think it's been spoiled already um well yeah that's true there was like oh i don't know where it is in here anyway it was saying that during some point in time of like kings, there's only two prophets. Yeah, we'll time. get there. We'll get yeah. there. Did that blow you away a little bit too? Yeah. 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 And then the 23 prophets. Okay, we're well, gonna yeah, get to that. Let's yeah, wait yeah, it out. Yeah. Let's that wait. Changes that's my view of that because I thought that there could only be one at a time, and I was like, who's killing all these prophets? Okay. Keep <laughs> <laughs> more. Keep coming. Okay. But no one, I guess. So yeah. if you look in, um, if you look in the homework, you can see the um the context that I wanted to draw and now all I could do is a really a sketch because you know there's so much to learn about all of it but that's I hope that it makes you hungry to go do that um so for context the book of first and second kings and by the way chronicles is basically just a reiteration of first and second kings first and second chronicles is just basically telling the same story again from a theologically different point of view after the exile I don't want to get too deep into it but 
a, a lot of the writings that happened after the exile was trying to make sense of the exile. Mm. Oh, my question. Mm -hmm. I had a question a while ago, remember? Do we have time for yes, it? Yes, of course, baby. Okay. So you were saying that they, um, in Genesis and Exodus and whatever else, the Pentateuch, there's a lot of ground covered. There's thousands of years. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously we really slow down once we get to the New Testament. Yes. We got like yeah. three years, mm -hmm. with like 30 books. Mm -hmm. So ish. I mean, a lot of them were written after Jesus died. The point is not thousands of years condensed into one book. Right. What was going on there? Where? In the what Old Testament? In the Old Testament? For those thousand. Because you, I'm you know, so you glad from, you asked that. You I'm, from, I mean, I, you, well, you go from Adam to Noah. There were a lot of people in between yeah. that. Let what me say this. Um, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> so I really, I really want you guys to try to <laughs> remember this. We said this in the beginning part of the series, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I want, this is another Bible precept. Here's how you want to read the Bible. And by the way, you want to find out what was going on. That's what that chart is for. Go study mm -hmm. it later. It's so much fun. Oh, she will. So <laughs> here's what I want to say about that. Remember that the Bible is history, but it's not a history book, right? Mm -hmm. What we mean by that is it wasn't written for the purpose of recounting what happened. Mm -hmm. It was written with theological purposes. Okay. It was written to give context to the history that Israel experienced. So to wait. So what we want to do is pay attention to when the Bible moves fast and when it slows down especially in the Old Testament. So you brought up a great point. Give me a great springboard for this. We have thousands of years covered in these genealogies, but we gloss over them and then we'll stop on somebody like Abraham. Mm -hmm. And then we will stop on Noah. And then we just go genealogy, genealogy. And that's hundreds, thousands of years. And then God says, slow down. Let me tell you about Abraham. Slow down. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about Noah. Slow down. Let me tell you a lot about Joseph. A lot. Right? We God wants us to pay attention there. He's using that as object lessons. He's using these people to teach us something through their lives. Slow down. Let me tell you the intimate details about what happened to Job. Why? Because there's something in there for me to learn and understand about God. Because the Bible is a history book, but it's not written to report history. Everything that's in there happened, but that's not why it was written. It was written to help us understand God. And so when, we, when, when the Bible slows down or puts a spotlight on a situation or a person or um, a, a circumstance, it's because there's something for us to learn about God in that circumstance. God is saying, let me show you myself a little bit more by using more, I, I call it biblical real estate. Like there, this is more important. It takes up more biblical real. There's a reason like these, what they said before, these scrolls were precious and they were hard mm -hmm. to carry and they were hard to print. They were not like now where we can just throw a book on a printing press and it just prints out or newspapers. I used to work for a newspaper. They don't even exist anymore. But I used to watch the presses and be so fascinated. This is like this huge press room and these papers just get spit out. That wasn't the case. These scrolls took a long time. And so what was written was important. Anything that's in this Bible is important. It's important that it was written down. It's important that it was remembered. And yes, that's true of the genealogies. But when we go fast and then we slow down, it's like in a movie, you know, the montage yeah, I get it. of mm -hmm. like, they want you to know mm -hmm. something happened. They spend a 30 second montage mm -hmm. on like, he taught her how to roller skate or whatever, all the things that whatever, but they're trying to develop like, 
they're, they're skipping over time and they're showing you these things happen, but what they're really doing is they're building a foundation for what's going to happen next when they slow down, right? That's when a, a storyteller does. They build, um, what's it called? Um, starts with an E. Exposition? Yes, exposition. Uh, like they build the characters and they, te- they kind of build mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. but it's really to a moment, they're trying to get you to a moment where you experience that moment. God's the same. This is the story of his people. And he wants you to know about the things that build up, but then pay attention to the moments that he says pay attention to. So I'm not saying you don't pay attention to like what else was no. going on in the world, but I, I don't know. We know that these people lived, but what we know is that God chose different people out of history to use in a special way so that we would have that information and learn about him, him, not just ourselves, like the New Testament mm-hmm, we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, but learn about him through it. Yeah. But like, what, what was happening? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know? Wait. Is it like you don't know or we don't know? I mean, all we know is what's written in the Bible about the Bible <laughs> people. But what that's why this that's around. why this chart is great. <laughs> it starts with Abraham. Wait, so was whatever was go. going on <laughs> was whatever was going on with them not necessarily important in God relaying himself to us? I don't know. I mean, I think that I think if you were to tell me the story of your life, I'm sure you would agree every piece and part and day of your life was important because it had some role that it played. But you're probably not going to tell me moment by moment everything that happened in your life. You're going to hit the points that you think define you or that changed you or that you are excited to share with me. And that's how God tells his story too. Each of these people were an important part of his story. And I'm sure he would feel the same about them as you and I, like, am I going to tell all the stories of how our family hangs out at night? And like, that's a, that's our regular thing. It's not something we necessarily would talk about. That's a daily, but that's a, that's a daily thing that we do or the way that we interact or some squabble I had with one of the kids or, or my husband that those things happen and they do shape us. But if I told you the story about my life, even if I took three hours to tell you, I would be choosing the things that I think define me or set my path in a different direction. Those are the things I would want to spend more time on so you can know who I am. Does that help? Yes. Okay, so that's a lot. Anything else you want to do with that? I had a quick question. question Go for it. An epiphory. Epiphory. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, So my question is the Dead Sea Scrolls, was that? The scrolls that we're talking about? Is about, that what the Bible was? Like, no. Were those the scrolls that you're so, talking about so, or different? So the Never Dead mind. Sea Scrolls <laughs> were scrolls. So it was before Codex um, books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yes, those were scrolls. They were really important for a lot of reasons. So, yes, but yes, they were examples of of scrolls. But that's how, like Jesus, when he um, went to the temple, he Mm -hmm. opened the scroll. Like scrolls were how in that time they had text. Oh, so it wasn't necessarily like it could have been part of the Bible, but it was just kind of like could have been any kind of scroll. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Actually, there were more scrolls than just um, the Bible. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found like um, community government, like um, 
like laws of their community they found all kinds of different um scrolls that were just oh, okay. like it was a library basically what they found was a library so in a in the same way that you would see in a library all different kinds of books that's what they found at the uh, at the caves in Qumran the Dead Sea Scrolls were found over a 10-year period because it was really meticulous work mm. to dig them up and not harm them but what was found was um miraculously makes me a little bit want to cry that um when they opened those scrolls, the um, consistency mm -hmm. with our current day Bible with that era, which was from way before Christ. Mm -hmm. So these they are what's now called like the, in some cases, the oldest version of those books, it's but it's not so different than what we have. So God waited and preserved those scrolls to show modern day people when who, were who were 40s. down in the 40s. What and was happening to the Jews in the 40s? Well, that was also That's another so. moment. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, the nation of Israel um, was made a nation mm -hmm. almost exactly the same time the scrolls were found. But so fascinating. But she really um, likes those scrolls. <laughs> I love the scrolls. But uh, but really to understand the significance, I think it's it's understanding that um, it's an object lesson that God says, I, my word will mm -hmm. be preserved. Yeah. Like that, even with the translation and yeah. everything that mm -hmm. we think like, oh, everything that can't be right. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's so long ago. So many people want to debunk mm -hmm. it yeah. by saying, how do you even know that what you're reading is mm -hmm. what was written? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, it's so fascinating because um, the era of in the age of enlightenment when people were like none of this is true and God just waited he didn't reveal it then mm -hmm. he just waited for people to settle into that new age of reason and losing their faith and saying oh here you go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this little shepherd guy is going to wander into a cave and find God saying proclaiming to the he world threw a, he threw a rock my yep my into the cave. word will he be threw preserved a rock into the cave and he heard he was like that's weird that sounds like pottery he went in and found like thousand years no yeah he found he found they were like i want to say 13 caves like once they once they once found started, out what yeah. they were dealing with they mm -hmm. started um excavating all around there and they found mm -hmm. that's why it took like 10 or 11 years to find all the scrolls it's fascinating it was written in like 300 bc or something and when we went to the franklin institute i did cry but <laughs> that's because crazy. because yeah. god yeah god has a heart for us to understand him and know him and he's not going to let anything not weather not time not people not evil he's not going to let anything stand in the way of his special relationship with us mm -hmm. his, his unconditional promise is that he will be known mm -hmm. and it's just if you if he doesn't make you want to worship i don't know what does i mean to just think that the god who, who created everything loves me in that personal way that's blows my mind so in the homework what i did was i i wanted to show a little bit of like the context of time so first and second kings covers 345 years so mm -hmm. it's 931 bc to 586 which is the exile uh the exile lasts 70 years and the temple rebuild starts in 536 and it's completed in 516 so the reason i put all that in here is so that then you can take a look at um, the prophets and figure out who they were talking to. But I also did a lot of that work for you. Um, so what I did was I wrote next to it who the prophet was addressing because it does get a little nutty bananas mm -hmm. after the division of the kingdom because we now need a prophet for both kings. So um, that gives me I, a moment to spend on the difference between theocracy and, and monarchy. But it sounds like you want to say something first. Well, when I think of the two kingdoms, 
I've always sort of thought of Israel and Judea as synonymous, but they aren't. Were they just like right next to each other? Yeah, north and south. And they had two different kings? Yes. And they were split. Why? Uh, because the division of the kingdom, actually, it's if you read the very end of Second Kings, you see what happens. But basically, a king made a bad choice. Shocking. And um, basically... He was not a strong king, like so. It was right. It was Rehoboam. So he was right after um, Solomon, and yeah. So it was David. So Saul, yeah, David, Solomon, split before the monarchy is Israel was a theocracy, which means that God was her sovereign. And then in the former prophets section, um, we learned it seems odd. Why was it a sin for Israel to ask for a king? Uh, but what we learned is that the reason that she was asking for a king is because she wanted to be like the other nations. So Israel wanted to be like the nations around her. And that really went against exactly what God had elected her for. And so that's why it was a sin. But um, God knew that that Israel was going to ask for a king. And he, all the way back in Deuteronomy, laid out the properties of a good king, um, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But he also always gave a prophet. So he, God understands that um, power and leadership can become heady and prideful and you can lose yourself. And so there was always a balance of power, if you want to think about it that way, that the prophet was also as powerful as the king. The king had a role, like kind of like separation of powers in, in the United States. The king had a role, um, but the prophet had as, as important a role um, until things went totally sideways. So that's one of the things that is so rife in the book of Kings is that that as the king goes, so the nation goes. Mm -hmm. And God is unhappy with that. And he brings the prophet. So here's David. Here's an example. Or Saul. We know these stories, right? Saul goes off the rails and Samuel comes and he's like, you're really in trouble, brother. And he even lets Saul know your time is near, like you're going to be dethroned. And the prophet knows because he is the messenger of God. It's really God saying, you are not following me rightly. And the, your, your king is really just, you're my proxy. You're supposed to be my human hand. And if you fall off that path, the prophet is going to be, so the king is the human hand and the prophet is the, hum, is the mouth of God. So the king is the hand of God and the prophet is the mouth of God. Might be a better way to understand it. So the prophet brings God's word, but the king does God's work. I'm always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study, just like you'll find at your local church. If you aren't in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. We take that command serious here at Study With Friends. So we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor supported. If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. 
You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends.